put that good education, amen, to, to the best benefit. Hallelujah. Again, I love every one of you. So appreciative of you. I'm, I'm, and again, I'm going to use the word. I'm just proud of every one of you. And uh, amen, along with Sister Melissa. And I think I can speak for the whole church. We are so blessed, church. We are so blessed. We are so blessed. Hallelujah. Glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. You know, when Sister Melissa got here years ago, I was talking to Gordon Mallory, and she had graduated with honors from the Jackson College of Ministries. And Brother Mallory told me, I've y'all have heard me tell this story before, and I'll tell it again. And he was telling me that, uh, you know, we've never had a student as smart as Sister Melissa at the college ever. Now, that's saying a lot. That was his word. That's his very words. Uh, but I, she really wasn't that good on the, on the keyboard. And, in fact, my wife, you know, that first weekend, my wife just kind of raised her up. But, see, I had a little secret. I had God told me a couple things about her. Holy Ghost spoke to me about her. I'm using this to make a point, by the way, all right? And, you know, when I talked to Brother Mallory later about it, or, you know, she was still trying to make her mind up, I said, well, I forget how it came out, but she's really not that good, that accomplished on the keyboard. But he said, well, Brother Curry, he said, here's the thing. He said, here's the thing you got to look at. He said, if somebody's smart, that's no problem. Because guess what? They'll just learn. <laughs> and so what you don't know, it's okay that you don't know it. What you're really not good at, it's okay. If you want to do it and you need to do it, if you got brains, you just learn. That's going to help you on jobs that you take. You're just a little uncomfortable. Just remember, amen, I'm smart. I can figure this out. Just a little help. Just be positive about it and just keep on learning. Amen. There's a lot of people getting by that don't know very much. But they just keep on learning, <laughs> and you'll get it. Hey, y'all, we got good music. Either she plays it or either she's influencing it. She's trained others around here. I'm going to tell you, we are second to none around here, amen, with music and singing and her influences on that. Thank God because we got smart people. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together. I do have a scripture or two I want to give you. Amen. And just see what uh, what we can do here with this. Amen. Glad you came out. If you're a guest, we're so happy that you're here. Amen. Celebrating with us. There's nothing wrong with having a little celebration. A lot of hard work going into this. And so, again, guys, we are just, we're, we love you. And we'll be standing with you with our prayers. And like Sister Melissa said, just keep living for God. Keep being a witness. Uh, don't, don't let your education be the very first thing you do. All right? Amen. Put Jesus first. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What is the, what is the kingdom of God? Paul asked that question and he answered himself. He said, it's not meat and drink, but it's peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Get the Holy Ghost. Get renewed in the Holy Ghost. Get renewed in the Holy Ghost again. Keep coming to the altar and get your education. Just let that be a part. But don't let it be first, okay? Hallelujah. Praise God. Luke chapter 18 and verse 8. If we can just pop that right up there, if you have your Bible, hallelujah. 
Amen. I got about two or three, a couple of scriptures here I want to start out with, and then I promise you we won't keep you too long here. Amen. Feel like if we left right now, we'd be blessed and benefited, but just, just, just drop a little word in there. Amen. When the Son of Man, now I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, I'm going to take my text out of this last part. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Question. Amen. That's the title we're going to use. Amen. Didn't that, he didn't say, will we find holiness? Will we find talent? Will we find ability? None of that. All that is good. Good. He didn't say that. He, the question was, will he find faith? Why? The reason he said that because everything spiritual and beneficial, everything else is built on faith. And the Bible said that without faith it is impossible to please him. So, so, so this is what he's going to be looking for because if he finds faith, he already knows he's going to have other good things in addition to that if he has faith. Amen. <clears throat> Hebrews the 11th chapter verse 5. Amen. <clears throat> Hebrews 11 verse 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was <clears throat> not found because God had translated him for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Hallelujah. Put your Bibles down. Let's clap our hands one more time, and then I'm going to talk to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Enoch is a guy that nobody talks about very much. We kind of read that scripture and we refer to him being translated and it was a type of, you know, the rapture. Somebody could say, well, there's never, you know, we don't believe in a rapture. You know, that's never, oh yeah, it's happened. And, and I believe God put situations like Enoch's life in here just to let us know that, yeah, that has happened before. All right? Amen. Enoch never saw death. Think about it a minute. Enoch did not see death. There was no funeral service for Enoch. Amen. There was no graveside service for this man. Amen. God, the Bible said God just took him. Enoch didn't die. Genesis 5, 24, if you go all the way back to that, amen. And Enoch walked with God. Look at this. And Enoch walked with God and he was not. He was just there and then he wasn't there. Hallelujah. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Whew, how would you like to have that, amen, in your resume? <laughs> he just, God just took him, amen. Listen, let's do a little comparison here. Abraham, he's called the father of the faithful. Sounds like he's an important person in Christianity. Father of the faithful, amen. With all of his faith, he died and was buried. Moses, who spoke to God face to face and witnessed many great signs and miracles, too many to even get to even a part of them today. Amen. He died and apparently, amen, he was buried by the Lord. David, the giant killer, another comparison here. Amen. He led God's army to victory after victory. Great stories about this man. Amen. He was a man after God's own heart. He died and was buried in a tomb. All of Solomon's wisdom was not enough to keep him from dying. Many of us have been witnesses to our parents, 
to our grandparents. And there's even some here, amen, that, that, you know, have suffered the passing of young children, which is a horrible, horrible thing. Death, amen, amen. It's just something that we have to battle. The wise man said it's appointed to man once to die. That's an appointment. It's in the scripture. We don't like it, but it's there. And so, hallelujah, it will be with all of us, an appointment with something we don't like. But it was not with Enoch, not with him. God just took him. I mean, the thing that follows on the heels of that kind of a statement is simply this. What kind of a man was this that God just looked down and saw him? He just walked with God, amen, and he was, and then God just took him, and he was not. Hallelujah. Listen, think about it with me a minute. Death is probably our most feared enemy. And we have we all have an appointment with him, whether we like it or not. And that's what scares us. We can't get out of that. We can't get around that. We may finagle our way through and past and, you know, a lot of things. I, mean, I got by that. Whew, I got by. But, but, but not this one. We are going. That's what makes living for God so serious. That's why we got to sober up every once in a while and think about this. Listen, that's why, you know, that, that when you come right up close to it, you get on the edge of that grave like some of us have been. You know, brethren, some of us in this room could tell you some stories about being right in the, doc, in the doctor's office or in the hospital, and you, you get, like, like they say, one foot in the grave and one on a banana peeling. And then you get to the point like, oh, wait a minute, this is real. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm walking a thin line here. I'm going to tell you what. You get serious really quick about your walk with God, your relationship with God. That's why older people, now, young people, you don't understand anything with a good healthy body and your heart doing good, your blood pressure's good, you can eat anything you want, drink anything you want, everything's fine, just give you a little recoup time and you'll be fine. Man, I had no idea. Amen. That Kevin was a like that kind of a sports. I knew you were in sports. I looked over to Chad. I said, "We got we have important people in our presence here." Man, easy. Man, man, easy. Just they got talent, you know. They have abilities. Enjoy that while you're young. It's just a process. It's an aging process. You wake up one morning, man, and all those muscles. <laughs> man, you just flex your muscles. Y'all believe I used to do one-handed chin-ups either hand. I could do one-handed chin Now, I didn't weigh but like 125 or 130. You know, so you got to think about that. I wouldn't talk about that, everybody, but I do now. I didn't want any, you know, people to do that, you know. Hey, I can't even do two-hand pull, two pull-ups. Now I start pulling, whoa, you know, like, oh. All of that is a natural process on our way to the grave. It just kind of gives you a downhill. When I turned 40, Chad, my son had such a, a blast out of it. He says, you know, and I didn't feel anything when I was 40. I felt the same as I was in my 20s. Man, I was cool. I could still do the one-handed pull-ups. I could still do flips out in the yard, forward or backward. You know, it didn't matter, you know. But, but, but he says it was that look on my face. <laughs> I'm 40. <laughs> that's been a few years ago already. And, I, and that's the time when I said, I said, Chad, I saw the look on his face. It was just the funniest thing to him. You know, and he's not an emotional kind of guy. You can tell that. I'm waiting on him to, I'm waiting on the Holy Ghost system, Melissa, to hit him and him go, oh. I'm waiting on that. 
I'm waiting on that to happen. You know, if it hits Chad, he just gets like one goosebump and goes, hmm. You know, that's just. But he was, it was so funny. He's got emotions, I know, because when I turned 40, he just giggled and tickled and funny. And, and I said, Chad, I'm not over the hill. But he's got those comebacks. He said, no, Dad, but you can see the other side from where you are. <laughs> got me on that one. But you get on that, you get on that other side and you start realizing, whoo, you know, you got this ache, you know, this pain. My wife and I, we both have a good time. Just we just we, you, you might as well make fun and might as well laugh about it. Once in a while we'll be drinking the coffee and we can get on the back deck right now and one of us will look over and say, Ain't we a pair? <laughs> look at this. You know? And so you just get that way after a while. But it's all right. It's okay. You just you're headed toward that place, and then you start thinking about it. I, do, I will tell this story. I do have something to say here. Uh, we were riding down the road. See, all my all my folks, my grandparents and my my brothers, they all died about sixty. You know, six, one of them died at sixty-two, and they all make it to about sixty-eight. And this has been a few three or four years ago. I'm sixty-eight right now. I made it that far, and I was telling my wife. Hey, hey I'm, like Brother, I'm like Brother Huntley said, I'm a young 68. <laughs> but, but, you know, I was telling my wife, I was just driving. I like to think, I think out loud. And I'm like, I'm discussing that with her. And we, we're driving down the road. And I said, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd like to make it at least to 70. And then I, then I thought that. I said, oh, wait a minute. That's like three years from now. <laughs> I'll take 75, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! But 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 this is all normal. This is all natural, and uh, and you just you don't get upset about it. People don't don't want to talk about it. It's just a thing that happens. All right. Did a wedding here one time. The, the lady didn't want me to say anything about death. I mean, why not? It's all through the Bible. I, I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to teach a sermon on on death because you know. But it's there. And at some point, we are going to have to deal. They didn't want to deal with it. In fact, they didn't want you to say the word death. And so I disagreed with her on that and said, I'll be talking about it if you want to have it here and if you want me to have any part of it. Once in a while, I can get hard-headed like that. Hallelujah. Amen. But just what kind of man was this that God would just reach down and take him? He translated him. Lifted him. That was a rapture took place. Hallelujah. What, what, I mean, what kind of life did this man live and that, that would please God so much that he would allow him to, let's put it like this, to bypass death? Oh, yeah, it's appointed a man wants to die, but no, no. You know what? You don't have to do that. I'm just going to, we're just going to circumvent that. <laughs> what, what, hallelujah. Listen. <clears throat> I've already said it, but let me say it again. Death is our most feared enemy. And, and we have an appointment with that. But here's what God did for Enoch. He just brushed death aside. What, what kind of God are we serving here? Oh, hallelujah. It's not a little thing. It's not a light thing. Amen. It's just something to be in connection Amen. With a God that has this kind of authority. Listen, he created death. He allowed death. He put all that in order. You don't think he can change it when he wants to? That's why when we get right, and some of us have been right to the point of death, and God just says, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to let that happen right now. Hallelujah. 
We're going to get there sooner or later, but not now. God's in charge of all of that. Amen. Amen. Maybe, maybe he did more than just brush death aside. I don't know. I like to just kind of think about it a little bit and, you know, you know, have my own ideas. I kind of get like Brother Chad, you know, just kind of like a little humorous about it sometimes. I mean, maybe God did more than just oppose death. Maybe, maybe he didn't just resist death. God could have been more drastic and he could have literally confronted death and let him know who's the boss. He could have slapped him a couple times. Hey, hey, get away from here. He could have kicked him in the seat of the pants and threw him in the ditch if he'd have wanted to. Can we just, you know, have an imagination about it? I'm just telling you, God has the authority. He has the power, amen, to even skip around death. Hallelujah. Amen. So, 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 so what kind of life did Enoch live? Amen. There's no... This is going to help somebody a little bit. There's no record, no record of any miracles that he did. I mean, nothing outstanding that the media would even slightly be interested in about Enoch. If it is, it certainly didn't put it in the Bible. Amen. Here's what we do know. The Bible said he walked with God. I'm going to reach for somebody right here. He just walked with God and he pleased God. I, I don't know, maybe too many people want the microphone, Brother Green. Maybe too many people, and, and, and Brother Chad got on this in Sunday school today. It, it, you know, it's just a horrible thing to try to do a calling that you really wasn't called to do. We're all part of this thing. We're part of a ministry. We're all in the, on the outreach team, whatever you do around here. But, but, but we... We fall in love with a certain ministry. Maybe it's in the spotlight. Maybe like the guy says, may I have your attention? And somebody said, what do you want? He said, nothing really. I just like attention. (laughs) That's kind of how we are. I'm like Brother Chad. I fought it. I didn't want to go there. I'm here only because God would not leave me alone. I didn't want the microphone. I wanted to get my job, amen, and I wanted to pay my tithes and do outreach and do whatever, but I did not want to preach, but God would not. But there's some folks who won't leave God alone. They have so many things they could do, such a calling they could be, they could be happy with, and come, but they're not happy because they want, the top, they want the top notch. This is not the top notch. This is the place you get where people call you in the middle of the night, where people expect you to go to hospitals. Nobody wants to go to the hospital especially if you're not sick. But it, it's not the place of authority like everybody lives. No, it's, it's a balancing act. It's like, you know, if we get the PA system too loud, somebody won't stay. They'll take their marbles and go home. If we get it too cool, people don't like it. If it's too warm, people don't like it. And so you're right in the middle of that. Listen, listen, let me just do this. Brother Huntley or somebody said it last night at the meeting. Amen. And I thought it was a very good statement. Listen, we're going to try our best to balance this and please you and make you happy about this. Hey, we're about to build out here, you know, and we're just now finding out what we can build. Somebody told us like, hey, you, you can't build without a plan. No, no, and that's the first thing the builder said don't do. No, 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 because that's the first thing I said. We need a plan. You know, I just want to lay it on. I said, no, 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 don't do the plan right now because we don't even know what we can build yet. And we found out a lot of things that we don't, we're not allowed to do out here. And so we just can't just turn everything. We're getting there step 
by step by step. Amen. Amen. And God's going to be with us and he's going to help us and he's going to bless us. But, you know, we try to please people. This is the way I want it. This is the way I want it. I've never heard of that before. I just had to shut up and march. That's what I was trained to do. Just pay your tithes and shut up and march. (laughs) I'm not going to do you that way. But here's the statement I made last night. It may help somebody here. You know, the PA system is never going to be a please please everybody because when we get it, when we get it down right, then the other folks, they can't hear. Y'all don't know that. Y'all don't know what comes from, you know, out here. Too loud, too loud. I, I do care whether it's too loud or not, all right? But but we could get it down, and then somebody, so you can't ever please anybody. So we're going to try to please everybody we can, but guess what? The per- person we really, really care about pleasing, that's God. We're going we're gonna to please God, and we hope that there's people just kind of like, well, you know, it won't ever be just right. Probably the color of the carpet won't be just right, amen, for everybody. Most people, y'all know that the number one cause of church splits, it is in the Baptist movement, I believe. I, I, I read these statistics years ago, never forgot them. The number one cause of church splits, what a doctrinal thing, it was the color of the carpet. Literally. Literally, the number one cause of church split. People just walk out. Has, has somebody just stopped to think about that a little bit? I'm leaving my church. I'm leaving the place where I claimed to get saved, was baptized. They took me in. Amen. They preached to me and helped me and did all kinds of things. But because I don't like the color of the carpet, I'm leaving. Somebody needs to think about that a little bit and maybe even add a little prayer to that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But Enoch walked with God. Listen, we're sometimes guilty of overlooking the most important ingredient in a person's life. Well, the problem with people coming to judge about what's going on and what's not going on is they think this is like a social club. They start out wrong. Well, you know, this ain't right, this ain't right, that ain't right. Think anybody came in the temple or in the tabernacle plan and started criticizing what's going on around here, how the priest dressed, drove too nice of a car or something? Just threw that in. But Enoch kept his faith. That's what the Bible said. Kept his faith. I'm going to tell you, folks, you know I was getting down to this, but the church in these last days desperately needs Faithful men and women. Faithful men and women. What what I mean by faithful is constant. Amen. Steady. Available. Listen, we don't have to be spectacular. Just trustworthy. Just accountable. I'm here. Hallelujah. Brother Thompson came in late today. I saw you. I'm going to point that out because that very seldom happens. <laughs> I, I felt I, I, I had to do that. <laughs> he's here before I get here. Amen. But, you know, that, that's what we're talking about. And he, he said something, Man, I'm sorry I'm late. I got a bad. I said, don't even mention it, Brother Tom. He's been here so much. He stays. He gets here before I get here, stays after I leave. Amen. But, but, but just I can count on them. I just know he's going to be here. 
Amen. I just know he's going to. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so we have to be trustworthy. That, I think that's what Enoch was. And, and, and to me, that's a, that's a message within itself. God took him. What, what, what did he do? Well, he was just, you know, he was faithful. He just kept showing up. He just kept doing right. He kept on doing, yeah, every day. Amen. Listen, the Bible tells us that Enoch was 365 years old when God took him. Now, common sense tells me this, <laughs> that if he lived 365, that wasn't old back in that day, but it was to us. I mean, it was a long time, all right? That common sense tells us that he was tested. Again, the Scripture doesn't say this, but just knowing if, you're, if you just exist in this life, you're going to have troubles. I mean, he, he had disappointments. He had hardships. He had discouragement. But he never quit believing in God. Never quit. That's what God wants. That's what he cared about. Listen, we have, an oppor- we have opportunities. Every one of us, he, the, the enemy, the God of this world is going to see to this. We have opportunities to become cynical, bitter over situations that, listen, if you hadn't had a situation, it will, it'll come. It'll get to you sooner or later, probably sooner. And so that's an opportunity. I need to stop right here and talk about troubles. It's kind of been on me, a new revelation to me. Amen, we talked and preached all around it. We, We don't understand, amen, what troubles are for. Listen, you know, uh, it was Job that said, man is born of a woman, and he just was a few days, and he's full of trouble. So that's, that's how life is. A few days, and in other words, a short life, and full of trouble. And then you go to the, you go to the book of James, amen, and, and the prophet or the, the, the bishop of, of the New Testament church, he said, count it all joy when you fall into diversity. How you do that? Here's the only way you can count temptations and struggles and strife. Only way you can count it joy is to know that it's part of God's plan. This is all part of it. Listen, we understand this, that when when Israel came to the promised land, remember God had already said, it's a land of hills and valleys. It seems like we're in in the valleys more than we are on the hills. We're in the valley. Okay, it's going to be ups and downs. You're going to have problems. Listen, there's still shallow Christians who don't understand the fact that God, when they say, if God's so good, why? Y'all know the story. Why is all the hungry children and why is war and why? Listen, let me help somebody with this just a little bit. Amen. God, yes, he had the power to move his little finger and kill every giant, crash every walled city, drive the enemy. He had all of that. If he was, if he said, why just, he didn't just do that. Why didn't he, why don't he just give us the money and just pay this building off right now? Pay all of this off. Because that's not his plan. Here's why. We need to grow. And not, not, not grow. We need to grow inside. We need to grow up. And so God just let them battle it out and struggle it out and fight it out and pray it out. And when we as Christians understand we're going to have ups and downs, we're going to have battles, now what am I going to do? Listen, we, like I said, we can be cynical, we can be aggravated over situations, amen. But, but what will our response, it's, it's a little more pointed, what will our response be when we see a fault or a shortcoming in a pastor or a church leader? Question. What are we gonna, he's the preacher, what did I? 
What's he doing? Will we pray for him? Or will we use this situation for an excuse to bring them down? Hmm, hmm. Hallelujah. Just let you chew on that a little while. Listen, the church needs people that will keep the faith. We need people who are not blown off course every time that the wind blows because the wind's going to blow. <laughs> Trouble's going to come. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's what strong churches are built of. That, that's how families are made strong. And listen, I remember my dad. I remember sitting around the table and this and that happening in church and my dad, I remember him playing that down like, oh, it's going to be all right, son. I remember, and I find myself saying the same things he said, Brother Thompson, when somebody brings up somebody that did something to the church, and I like to look past all that, Sister Jan, and I like to be, be the one that says, you know what, he's a good man. He's a good man. Let's, let's see, we have, the, we have the authority. God gives us the authority to make something as big as we want or as little as we want. And so things that are ugly, things that are bad, you know, the Bible talked about covering a matter. Oh, we got, yeah. We sure do. There's some things that don't need to be talked about because the more you talk about, the bigger it gets. And somebody will take it and run with it. And we will ruin somebody's life over one mistake. Listen, the world does a good enough job with that. They certainly don't need us helping the devil and the world destroy people's lives. We're here to take people in, the crippled, the maimed, the halt, the blind. Amen. Amen. People that's got problems, we're just going to hug them up. They'll be all right. So, so, so we can get the law, and what the Bible says, the law will destroy. The law kills. Let's just lay the law on them. No, that, let's just go ahead and pick up our stones while we're at it. Hey, you think that, that's some extreme situation. You think that woman didn't do wrong? Everybody knows that woman was caught in the very act of sin. That was a sin unto death. You just stoned, that was in the law. It wasn't God's plan, it was in Moses' law. That's what he decided, and that's what everybody agreed with. It was bad. All right, we're just going to kill her. But what did Jesus do? Boy, he, he, he got it really, he went quiet on him. Nobody was saying amen when he got done. Let, he, let him that is without sin cast the first stone. We, we can use that today right here in this service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Good spirits, faithfulness, loyalty. That's what brings revival. Finally, let's, let us notice that Enoch had a testimony. Strong says testimony means evidence given. Had a testimony. Certain way, you just don't have to do it with your mouth. You can do it with your life. Amen. It's our testimony that helps us overcome our enemy. Revelation 12 and 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Our world is in need, folks, of a savior. It's perverse. It's violent. It's messed up. Just talking about it last night. Suicide is on the rise, and especially among young people. I'm, I'm hearing that. I'm reading that. Suicide. It, it, listen, I, I, you know, I'm not a professional on this, but I have talked about it, read about it, done some study on it. When a person begins to entertain thoughts of ending their own life, I mean, They've run out of options. That's about the size of it. Here's how I like to put it. They have no place to run. I know people 
that have cut themselves off from the church, walked away from the church. It's this, this is the city of refuge. That's what this is. With all of its fault. Listen, think about Noah's Ark. That was, the, that was a type of the church. You think with elephants and hills. You ever been to the zoo in the summertime? All that night. It's not like the storybook. When you really get there where all those animals are and, and, and you get downwind of all that, you're like, woo. Think about moving in the ark. That's the thing that God used to take people out of this world when all hell was breaking loose. So, listen, if you got a chance to walk up in that ark, it smelled bad. Would anybody say, ooh, I don't like it to hear you. It just smells bad. I'm leaving. No, no, I don't think so. I ain't coming around here no more. No, that's our, that's our way out. This, this, is, this is the ark. This is the place we run. Don't cut ourselves. Don't cut yourself off from this. This is where people come together, amen, with all of our different styles and types and nationalities, and I love every bit of it. And we, we tell folks what God can do and what he will do, amen. We, we, tell God what kind, we tell folks what kind of God. He's a loving God, a caring God, amen. He understands us. So this is where we run to. Hallelujah. Sure, the world's got their arms wide open. Amen. They'll take us in, but it's not good. It won't last there. Hallelujah. Amen. But when, when there's no place to run, praise God. I mean, that's a, that's a sad state to be in. But, but that's where some of our neighbors are. That's where some of our, our co-workers and our student friends, that, that, that's where they, our classmates, that's where they are. You know, this reminds, this reminds me of an old song that I wish I could sing it, but, but years ago they had a song called I Have Hope. I have hope when trouble comes my way. I have hope since Jesus came to stay. I have hope, oh yes, when things are not well with me. I have hope, it's a beautiful hope, and it sets me free. I have hope when trouble comes my way. I have hope since Jesus came to stay. I have hope, oh yes, when things are not well with me. I have hope, it's a beautiful hope, and it sets me free. We have hope, don't give up that hope. From what I've learned about people who have, you know, they're on the verge of, of, of giving up and, you know, they feel, you know, that they're about ready to throw in the towel and, you know, you know the story, you know. They, they, they feel like no one cares about them. They feel useless. They, they believe the lie that nobody needs them anymore. Amen. These are very desperate times. Amen. In our world. Amen. And this calls for desperate measures. Hallelujah. So we cannot afford, we can't, to drift into this survival mentality. We, we, we can't do that. Survivors can't see beyond themselves. That's the first problem. You know, little Christopher was, was uh, making noise the other day at the, at the little party and... and, and uh, Chad made a statement. I end up quoting him a lot. You know, he says some good things. I can't wait till he starts shouting. I 
<laughs> and of course, you know, we, we saw his little mom, you know, she's putting on a front. That's what I, that's what I was telling you. You just putting on a front. <laughs> and, and, and Brother Chad said, Brother Christopher's in for a rude awakening. Because he's going to find out pretty soon that the attention, some way, he said it a different way, but the attention's not all going to be on him now. It's going to be over here on the new little baby. Hallelujah. <laughs> he's going to have to work that out. I remember, it is a long time back, but I was telling him, I actually remember when my little sister was coming along. That's been a long time ago, I know. And I remember my dad saying, guess what, Charlie? You're not going to be the baby anymore. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and I found out what that meant. You just have to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. I tell the story about how poor we were. Y'all don't know anything about this. You know, it's the way you did. It was back in the 50s. And so my mom and dad, I think they made a pretty good living. But a lot of people didn't have stuff, you know. And so they they uh, they bought my brother and I a bicycle, one bicycle. One bike between two, you got to share now. That's a bad. Y'all don't do that. Don't do that. That's a bad thing to do because, because my brother was older than me and he could, he could push me out of the way and he could get the bike. Or he had that smug, that smug smile on his face. And I'm like, I mean, brother Corey, I'm like running. I told somebody, I said I ran behind that bike, miles and I don't know how many miles, crying saying two words, my turn, my turn. <laughs> it's just not good. It's not good. Don't get one bite. <laughs> I remember that look, looking back, grinning at me. It was just bad times, but we made it. <laughs> we made it through all of that. I'm, hallelujah. We can't do the survivalist mode. It was all about us. But that probably helped me years ago to learn everything wasn't about us and about me. There's other people around. I sat in the, uh, I'm, I'm telling too many stories. I, I sat in a, uh, our parsonage. We had a daughter work when I was assisting Brother Nugent. And he could teach, he could teach so quick with just one-liners. And everybody knew he's one of those kind of guys when he walked in the room, you knew he was the authority. And we were sitting over there waiting on somebody to come because, I don't know, church was over and somebody mentioned coffee. And we had a real cocky kind of a guy that was assistant to us. That's where he lived. And somebody mentioned about, well, we could drink coffee while we wait. And uh, Brother Mike said, we don't, we don't drink coffee. We don't have coffee here. We didn't even have coffee. I remember Brother Nugent looked at him with that sharp look, and he said, other folks drink coffee, and you need to get you some coffee for other folks. See, Mike was being trained and being taught right then. It don't matter if you like it or not. Other folks like it, which I never forgot that real quick little training session right there. Other folks do. But, but that's, we've lived our lives that way sometimes. Our society teaches that. Amen. But, but, but I, I, I don't, it's what I don't want us to do. I don't want us to be guilty of just keeping the flock happy till Jesus comes back. That's what I'm getting at all the way around by Laura's house. But John 20 and 21, he said, As the Father hath sent me, Jesus said this, Even so I send you. 
we don't just send missionaries. We did. We had a missionary had a great time here. It, it, you know, we say, well, I'm not going over there, but I'm going to just help them go. No, no. We, we don't just send missionaries. We are missionaries. Every single one of us. Amen. All of us are. Amen. Amen. Have you ever watched a potter work on the clay? I can see it. They have photos of them. Do you ever watch one, though? He, he doesn't just put his hands on the outside of the, of the pot. This may not mean much to you, but if that clay vessel is what God likens us as, we go to the potter's house and he puts us on the wheel. Listen, I watched potters actually do that, but you know what they do? Brother Green, eventually they get their hands around and they put their hands down in the pot as that thing turns. That, that's where it's getting to us sometimes. It's sometimes good preaching and good praying and good worship. That's what it does. It, you know, we, we all on the surface and we all look good and we act like we but, but once in a while God puts his hand, the potter, the master potter, gets his hand down inside of that. Oh, wait, I don't, I, don't want him, I don't know if I want him down in there changing anything or not. Hallelujah. Amen. Goes down inside of us. I'm going to try to close. If we'll all stand together. Amen. I'm going to try to close with this. Hallelujah. All this is built on faith. And so that's the question. Will he find faith? Thought of an old story. Thought of a story. Brother T.F. Tenney, our bishop, he was in his 80s, just had his funeral last Tuesday. My wife and I watched it. Uh live streamed out of the Alexandria church was a stirring, touching, what a man. But Brother Tenney told the story many years ago. I don't know if I read that out of one of his books or I heard him personally tell it, but but I want to give him credit for it. Story of the picture on the front page of the Houston Chronicle, the big newspaper there. Uh, it was a, It was that of a woman in a hospital room with her ear to the chest of a man in the hospital bed. Picture that. A lady with her head over on this man's chest. She was listening to the heart beat of her only son who had been killed in a car accident. It just grabbed me. Only son was killed in a car wreck. And the heart of that boy had been transplanted into this older man. And now, here's mom. She's listening to the heartbeat of her only son. God, can you imagine that? What a, what a, what a thought. But, but, but the thought that's attached to that is a question. I wonder if God put his ear if he did put his ear to the chest of the church, if he could hear the heartbeat of his only son. I wonder if what we're doing and what we're thinking and what we are about is the heartbeat of God. I wonder what motivates us, what brings us to church, what pushes us to pray? What nags at us? I could do this a little better. What, what says you, you, you need to be convicted over this? And a conviction comes. I, I don't want to be convicted. I like to do that. I want to do that. No, no, no. But, 
but the, it won't leave us alone. I wonder if it's God's heartbeat that pushes us out in the street to do outreach. Hallelujah. I kind of feel like it is. I feel like there's something of God in this place. I don't know why I do it. Amen. Listen, there's bad habits and then there's good habits. There's some bad habits we're trying to change. And there's some things, all habits are not bad. Getting up on Sunday morning. In fact, we'll do it. Y'all know I'm old. Amen. I started getting ready for church on, on Saturday night. Hallelujah. Well, we got church tomorrow. I could preach my sermon about young people. I see people coming all worn out, yawning. I mean, man, they were up too late last night. They didn't prepare. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> That's a temptation when you're old like me. Like, man, it's bedtime, man. The chickens, chickens are going to roost, man. I got to go to bed. But a lot of it is like, I don't want to be worn out when I get to the house of God tomorrow. So I'm going to get me some rest tonight. Brother Green does it. He rests all day because he's got a reason to do that. Rest all day because church is tomorrow. You know why? Because it's it has value to it. Church is important to him. Amen. So I'm not going to come in worn out. I may get worn out after I get to church, but I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna be rested when I get there, where I can get my hands up, where I can praise him. Hallelujah. This way you this way you do it, Brother Chad. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we can be our best when we get here. That's the heartbeat of God. There's nothing. Listen, those of you that work, I understand some of you probably work two or three jobs. That's good. That's good. But, and some of y'all, listen, I'm not being ugly about this. Listen, we need to figure out a way to get you here on midweek. There's stuff goes on. Amen. It's already been mentioned here. I mean, it broke loose around here Wednesday night. All I can say is that young preacher, that young missionary, you know, he could have just said, well, I want my partners in mission. I'm going to get here. And You know, it's a temptation on Wednesday night when you're teaching and people are yawning. You know, I said, well, you know, they got to go to work tomorrow. I don't want to keep them too late. But this young guy just kept preaching, and it broke. Something in the spirit began to break around here. And I want to be like Brother Chad. You miss Wednesday night. You miss something very important. Amen. We have things going on. Amen. Around here that doesn't just happen on Sundays. So we need to start praying and start figuring out a way. If you can make a living without having to miss midweek service because there's some teaching and training and children's church and all kind of good things going here in the middle of the week. Nothing like making it out, even though you are tired, in the middle of the week and just feel the touch of God. And this holds me over till Sunday. So let's pray about it. Let's think about it. Listen, I know this, and I'm, I'm off of my message, but that's okay. This may be all that we do right here. Graduation, graduation, graduation parties. And I said this, and I'm not proud of this, but I just get this out of here. I've not gone to one graduation party. Now, if I had a grandson or a daughter, I understand I would be, all right? But if I couldn't go to all of them, I wouldn't go to any of them, all right? But we congratulate you and love you and want to help you and bless you any way we can. But, but listen, and that's about over. I understand that. But that's some folks, they get an opportunity to miss church, no matter if we do have church. 
This is the part I'm just going to throw in and be the bishop, all right? You don't care what's going on here. You're going to be a distant cousin somewhere, and you heading out. Well, I'm not telling you to stop it. And if it's not graduation, it'll be somebody's birthday party. It'll be somebody's wedding. Listen, they'll get married just fine without you. We got a church to build here. We got souls to reach. All right, we got a revival to have around here. Hallelujah. And we need you here. God bless you. I'm done. I'm not one. I'm not going to just stay on that. All right. Amen. Love what I feel. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We need to pep it up just a little bit. Amen. Do we have hope around this place? Is there hope? Amen. I don't know what kind of pit you're in, what kind of ditch you're in. Amen. If I got a hope, we're going to come out of that. I got a hope for good things. I got a hope for blessings. Hey, that's right. Just get that team up here. That's all right. Amen. We got to get out of here just pepped up just a little bit more. And uh, yeah, hallelujah. Don't, don't want to forget that. Oh, I, I just was reminded, I'm between you and the food. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got to wind this thing up. They said a fool is known by as many words, so I'm going to cut this short, real short, all right? But we, but we, come on, put your hands together right now. I don't know what they're going to do. Amen. That's it. Thank y'all. I come to the end. Hallelujah. Just one last little bit here. If you didn't get what you needed in worship, or out of the word, just the last thing. Hey, reach down in inside of this this pot right here. I'm on the wheel. Don't just don't just put your hand on the eye. Get down there in my heart. Get down there where I'm living. Hallelujah. It's okay. He's the master. Amen. He'll shape you right. He'll treat you right. Amen. Come on, y'all lead us right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, y'all. Generation 
Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. You're dismissed. The food's ready in the back. Amen. Don't forget. Don't forget personally to shake hands. Amen. And, and, and congratulate all of these graduates. Big part of this service was about them. Amen. And we all just pray over the food now. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for a great time of fellowship in the back. Amen. Thank you for your presence. Amen. And all of the good food, we thank you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Amen. Dismissed.